0: Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? This is, uh, what is it, Monday, uh, January 7th, 2020. And welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that is going to look at life and society, politics, uh, all from a standpoint of uh, religion, faith, spirituality, um, what's going on in this world today, and how uh, our faith and uh, what we believe affects how we act, what we do, things of that nature, come to you from the remote location uh, in the middle west of the United States of America, not our normal studio. So if the audio sounds kind of weird, uh, that's why. And um, but today uh, we head into a a particular season in this country that's uh, very interesting. But first, let's let's talk about uh, the Book of Revelation because uh, today. Uh, I was in uh, book two, chapter two of the book of Revelation. Now, the Revelation is the revelation of uh, John uh, from our Lord Jesus Christ, on, we believe, on the Isle of Patmos when he was there. And it uh, covers a lot of interesting things. Um, you know, it starts out in the first explaining, you know, who Jesus is, he gives a good description of, of what John is seeing when this all occurs, when the Lord comes to talk to him. And uh, and again, we're going to, we take everything on this show from a Christian worldview, Christian perspective, um, that the word of God is true, right, and uh, really the authority that we should follow in this life. And uh, we're going to do everything from that perspective. And when we look at things from that perspective, it creates clarity, it creates a sense of, uh, foundation that, um, we have a foundation for what we believe. We have a, uh, a purpose to this life. We have, uh, value in the individual in the, in the person, uh, that it was created by God, um, to live this life. And in so many other things, so many other vehicles that people put their trust and faith in, uh, you don't find that. And so we want to expose that for what it is. We want to, uh, um, uh, Talk about things, why people do things, why people believe things a certain way, or at least from a certain perspective, why they might believe things. Because we, again, we don't know someone's personal motivation uh, in any instance. We may think we do. We may see the fruit of their motivations, or or have some idea of what their motivation is um, by doing that. Now, my motivation here in doing this is to reach people. From maybe a standpoint that they haven't thought about things before, maybe they haven't haven't thought about why they should put their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel um, that was communicated to us a little over two thousand years ago, and uh, what a beautiful thing it is. So, so at the end of chapter one. He says, "Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. Seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven churches." Now he's talking about the original, some of the original churches in the Christian faith uh, over in the Middle East arena, and uh, he's going to go through these through the Book of Revelation, and uh, you know they all have issues, just like we all have issues. And anybody that says they're uh, good and right and perfect and uh, happy and uh, you know it's interesting, I would would uh, ask them what that really means. Um, you know, we had a had a good sermon yesterday at our church, and uh, one of the things that that comes up is you know when you're talking with people and and uh, you know someone will will say something like, "Hey, I believe in evolution." Dah, dah, dah. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, when someone says something's, you know, I I don't believe in God because there's evil in the world. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by evil? You know, how did you come to that conclusion? And uh, start by asking questions. And I would ask anyone that's listening to this show those same questions. If you don't put your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and this gospel that he gave us and the word of God in the Bible, um, you know, what do you trust in? And uh, how did you come to that conclusion? Did you really uh, analyze all the information that's there? Or are you just you know, spouting something that you heard from somebody else? And so uh, you know, we're encouraged to look into these things for ourselves and um, make sure that we have uh, a solid foundation that we're building upon. So uh, in chapter 2 of Revelation, he's talking to the church of Ephesus at the 1st. And you know, he goes through some interesting things. Um, and you know, he's talking about their labor, their patience. Um, that, that at the time, at least, that church did not bear with things. Uh, people that were evil um, tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars. Um, uh, have borne and have patience for their namesake, and have labored, and not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. And there's been a lot of speculation about what that means, I think. Uh, you know, the most likely explanation is that you know when you first come to Lord Jesus, there's a newness to it. There's an excitement to it. A, a uh, just something that that uh, you know, like anything new. You know, if you get it, get a, a new toy or when you're a kid or a new uh, tool as a as a man as an adult that works really well for a job. Um, there's a certain level of excitement to that. Um, But then after you've been using that same tool for two years, you know, the excitement's not really there anymore. And um, I think it's interesting that he frames it like that because then he says, remember therefore from whence you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come into you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of its place except you repent. Um, You know, and then he goes on to talk about some things that are good in the church. Um, at Ephesus, but you know, as far as uh, what he's saying there in verse 5, you know, repentance is is the key to the Christian life, right? I mean, because, you know, we are not going to do things perfectly, we are not going to be, uh, you know, and that's it's the unfortunate thing too, for those of you who listen to this show who aren't Christians, who are wondering you know, what it's all about, it's easy to point fingers at people who are either hypocrites or, um, you know, hold fast to a, a, a faith like this and yet they don't necessarily walk it out. You know, I still get, get uh, mad at my boys, for instance, when I, I don't really uh, and maybe lash out at them in that anger instead of being patient, being kind, being uh, uh, understanding that they're not 53 years old as I am and not uh um gonna think the way I do at that level, right? You know, they're boys. They're I, I have a six year old and an eight year old at home. And uh you know, trying to understand things a little bit more from our perspective, trying to help them seed the error in their ways instead of just uh, getting angry with them and and you know wanting to tar their hides. So then uh chapter two goes on and it's talking about uh, the church at Smyrna, Smyrna, right, S-M-Y-R-N-A, I have no idea how they used to pronounce that, I'm sure uh, folks smarter than me would know that, but uh, he says, the first and the last, which is dead and alive, you know, that's who our Lord Jesus is, he came, he died, was, rose again, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and that's why we know we can put our trust and faith in him because he lives. He's not a dead prophet that others have put their faith and trust in. The writings, you know, long, old writings of, of other people that uh, are no longer alive. Our Lord is alive and will return someday. And uh, so, he, you know, he's, he talks about these churches and the works that they have. Um, and And then he calls them back, you know, Calls them out for individual things that they're not doing, uh, you know, and so I'm not going to go through them all today, but but it's a good chapter to go through and look at um, some of the things that are going on in the church in this country, uh, some of the things that we need to consider. Uh, you know, have we relegated the word of God to the closet and put our opinions? And man's wisdom in place of God, you know, I would would say those who trust in the idea of evolution certainly have. Um, And so it's watered down churches. Those who have, and again, this is a tough one, but those who allow women to teach and preach in the pulpit. Um, You know, a lot of folks have put their faith and trust in folks like Joyce Meyer and and, uh, will call, will have no problem calling women pastors and things. And I just, when you look at the word of God, it's pretty specific that that's not a good idea. And it's not that they're not capable. It's not that they couldn't handle that responsibility uh, in some sense. Um, but, uh, you know, Paul says, because they were the ones that was were deceived, you know, a woman was deceived in the original, it's much easier for them to, to fall into deception by this, you know, again, this is God speaking, not me, uh, through his word. And I've had some guys tell, well, you know, that was just for back then, and da-da-da-da-da, and, uh, you know, as soon as we start deciding what was okay for back then and what was not okay, or or again, it brings man's wisdom to the forefront. You know, we know better in this day and age because, uh, you know, women have been liberated. They're just as good as men. And, you know, yeah, they are, right? We're equal in the eyes of the Lord, but we have different roles. And again, as soon as we decide that we're smarter than God and how that should be applied um instead of just following his word you know in a simple sense uh we start going down paths that that aren't going to produce good fruit and i think that's that's the best way i can say it and aren't you know as soon as you start following after things that aren't godly that aren't you know like he says you have lost your first love well you know, if our first love is truly the Lord Jesus Christ and his ways, his uh, um, ways of doing things, we're going to go back to the word and do our best to follow it. Now, again, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to do things exactly right all the time. And again, that's why we need repentance. We need to come before God on a daily basis and say, Lord, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I know I wasn't thinking right about this yesterday or uh, I need your help to think more clearly about things, or um, you know there 's a lot of things that we can we can comment on with regard to that but but I would encourage everyone who does put their faith and trust in Jesus to get in the Word on a daily basis to understand what god 's saying to you through His Word and through the Spirit of God that will minister to you um, through the Word and to really understand what 's going on so uh be encouraged. Okay? And um for those of you who don't, who maybe put their trust and faith and in, in evolution in what the world uh is saying, you know, we're a secular society, we don't need God anymore, we we've grown beyond God. Um God is just a fairy tale, you know, this all the different things that, that are at play in a secularized society and in, in what you see, you know, and Again, I would just offer, take a look at our our recent election as a great example of why we can't do that, why we need the Lord, why we we need the Lord more than this. But I'm just saying, when it comes to how things will occur, once um, the Lord is not held in high regard and held in esteem in a society, you see things like happen in this election where there's rampant fraud, there's rampant, uh, you know, issues because people are no longer uh, conscience, their, their conscience is no longer dictating right and wrong in a proper mechanism. Just like, you know, the church at Ephesus no longer loved its first love, you know, is no longer relying on God and looking to God for everything and maybe relying on man's wisdom too much. We in this country are now seeing the fruit of what's coming out of not trusting in God as a nation. You know, whereas, you know, 50 years ago, we had prayer in school, people pledged allegiance in school. Um, you know, we've allowed as a society, because we didn't want to uh, offend anybody. I don't know. We didn't want to cause problems. Well, we see where, where that complacency has led. And we are now in a position where in the schools, they're teaching, you know, things that I, I can't believe they're even, you know, that there's 50 genders. I mean, what is that? there's men and women, period. I mean, that's it. And hey, Don't give me this stuff. Well, I feel like this today, or I feel like that today. Are you kidding me? What happened to psychology and psychiatry, right? I mean, that those two things are pretty much a joke, in my opinion, and uh, at this point. Because again, it's going to go from the premise of man's wisdom. You know, look, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible says that. I believe that. And those two, who don't put their trust and faith in God, first and foremost, are not going to be wise. The Bible says that. It says, you know, if you put your trust in something else, like men, um, who say that, you know, we came out of a pool of goo... Uh, 80 million years ago or 80 billion years ago, whatever it is now, because they change it every once in a while based on new information or what have you. And I think it's interesting, too, when you hear about all, you know, how, oh, well, we've got dating that shows this bone was X amount of years old. Have you ever really looked at that? Have you ever really studied what they say typically? Well, we believe, first of all, they don't know, right? They're just speculating. We believe this bone to be between and it's always between it's never well, we believe it to be 6 million years old it's well we believe it to be between uh, uh 5 million and uh 5 billion years old or 50 million and uh 80 million years old well you know how how long a million years is it's a long time and you that's the most the, the most accurate you can get is 20 million 40 million 100 million years uh, and we're supposed to trust you that this is an accurate way of telling how old something is? I mean, come on, people. Just wake up and smell the deception. Um, I just... You know, people have a purpose uh, a lot of times in what they believe and what their motivations are for doing something. And, you know, I don't I don't blame transgenders in our society for wanting to um, make other people believe that they're right and good and true in what they believe, Right? I don't blame them for that. They're, you know, that, that is a human feeling to want people to accept you for the way that you are and to say that there's nothing wrong with you. Well, I, as a Christian nowadays have, have are almost put into that camp that in some people's viewpoint, I'm a nutcase, you know, being a, a right wing zealot. I'm sure some people would call me, um, You know, people would claim, hey, that guy's a nut job. You know, he believes in the Bible. He believes the Bible's true. And, uh, you know, so it's all a matter of perspective in the grand scheme of things. But going back to the transgender argument, they're free to believe that, right? But as soon as you start telling other people they have to believe the way that you do, which... I'm doing, I'm saying you have to believe the way I do for a certain result. If you want to be with God someday and live forever, then you're going to have to put your trust and faith in this. Now, I'm not going to force you to, which is the difference here, because our society now is trying to force the beliefs of some on the beliefs of everybody and saying, well, if you don't believe this, then you can't be part of our society. And that's, that, that trend Uh, not allowing free speech because it offends somebody, not allowing certain types of things or certain ways to believe something um, because it offends a a group of people. Uh, No, right? You know, there are norms in our society that we've followed for thousands and thousands of years, and uh, especially, you know, in this country for the hundreds of years that it has been uh, alive. But in terms of Western society for many years beyond that, that are under attack, that are under a... uh, light of um, influence from this secular ideology that stems from things like evolution, things like, uh, um, you know, just not wanting God in the picture uh, because people want to be their own gods. They want to do things the way that they want to do them. They want to control things. Um, You know, it's just a scary thing. So, so anyway, we've got a virus that's going on in this country today called COVID-19. And, uh, you know, all over the world, government agencies are using this wonderful little virus to take control, to control people, to step up control, to implement policies that, uh, To implement policies that are, um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but I, it's not dictatorial. In some cases, it is, like in the state of Michigan, uh, the state of California, and it's easy, you know, to to because now people are are kind of freaking out over the whole thing, and um, it's a virus, people, and viruses do what they do. They they infect people and we're infected by things or attacked by things every day. You're not going to prevent this thing completely from making its its rounds until you get enough people that have had it. And uh, the thing that's kind of scary about it though, is from what my wife and I have looked at is it's like a virus and uh, like a cold virus where, you know, you may get it, get over it, but then you may be able to get it again. Like you don't actually get immunity from it. Kind of like the flu. I mean, anybody that's ever had the flu, have you had it a second time? Maybe not in the same year. Your body is more apt to be able to fight it off. Um, But it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, once again, the government is going to try and control things. You know, they're trying to say, oh, we need to do this to keep people uh, healthy, to protect people, you know, as the governor and state of Michigan will come out, Oh, I'm just trying to protect people. Well, that's great. But in reality, you know, is, when you start taking the freedoms, freedoms away from people, like freedom to open their business and allow people to come there. If, if people choose to, um, that sets a dangerous precedent. And, you know, I just, I feel terrible for all the people that have been negatively affected by this thing. And, uh, you know, even though we're at a point where uh less and less people are uh you know succumbing to that, they're trying to fight back, they're trying to push back against these government edicts that are unconstitutional in my opinion um uh, that aren't laws generated by the state legislatures and signed by the governor um uh, because then people could vote people out that voted for things like this. But they're just governors that come out and go, you know, we're going to do this and do that because we're supposedly protecting people from themselves, right? Because that's what we're doing. We're protecting people from themselves and their own decisions because we can't trust people to make good decisions. So anyway, um, there's, uh, you know, 15, according to the, the map you know, or the data, which I don't believe because I don't believe there are near as many deaths due to COVID as what they're claiming. In a lot of ways, but right now the stats are 15 million uh, confirmed cases in the U.S., which again I would question because people. I think what was it? There was a thing Elon Musk tested um, twice or four times in one day, and two were positive, two were negative, negative. and so you know we don't even really know exactly how many cases there have been because you know there was months where we didn't even test anybody. And then uh, all the deaths, almost 300,000 deaths in this country out of 15 million cases, which is fairly slight, really, in the grand scheme of things. And there's over almost 9 million people have recovered. But if you take uh, 288 divided by 15,000, it's really a point oh two percent Uh, death rate and again if you really look at the people who have died strictly because of COVID-19 not because of something else um, during the same time uh, it's really nothing that we should be locking people down over we should be letting it run its course and then being done with it and and that's it right so so anyway you know we're going to have to continue dealing with this for some time apparently they supposedly have a vaccine that's getting distributed and uh I don't know that I'll take it or not. I, you know, I'm glad to hear Biden say he's not going to force people to take it, which amazed me because I, you know, anyway, I think Biden's just trying to hide in his bunker for the most part right now because he knows they cheated severely to to put him in a position where he could call himself the president-elect. And I hope and pray that within the next week, somehow there will be enough that comes out that really shows the level of, uh, cheating, the level of abuse to our democracy through the voting process that happened here. I I lay this all squarely at the feet of Barack Obama. I mean, I'm from around the Chicago area. I know how Chicago politics works, and this has been going on in Chicago for years, and everybody kind of makes a joke about it. But it's really kind of sad when you see this um, now uh, proffered onto a national stage and I will lay this again squarely at his feet because I think he's the one that, that drove a lot of this, that allowed for it. And again, he's immune because who's going to blame him? Who's going if, to, if let's say at the end of the day, this election fraud um, was organized, perpetrated, and implemented by the command of Barack Obama himself, who's going to send him to jail, right? Who's going to call his bluff? Who has the courage to do that in our society today besides Donald Trump? Donald might say something, but who's going to go arrest him at his home and say, look, you are a traitor to this country because that's what this is. This is traitorous. What they did in this election, um, should be considered a traitor, being a traitor to this country and should be punishable by severe punishment. Um, you know, I don't know that you need to stand somebody up and shoot them, but, um, you know, there, there's got to be some dire consequences for people that are, that are doing things like this. And when I see people that can spy on the president of the United States and get away with it for four years without any implications, without any repercussions, um, that are still out walking around free in our society today, I'm amazed. I am, frankly, uh, dumbfounded. You know, when I can see, I see Hillary Clinton get away with this email thing that she did, without not even hardly a slap on the wrist, right? And it just goes to show me the people in power, the people who uh, are trying to implement policies for this country. Who you know, you, the whole idea of this deep state or establishment. I think there's a lot of truth to it, and I think a lot of it is founded on ungodly principles. That uh, they may claim, "Hey, we're just trying to do what's right and best for our society for the most people," but there's a sinister motivation behind it all. And you know, I think Obama's a Muslim myself. Um, in the closet. He'll never, I don't know that he'd ever say that. Uh, Maybe he will someday. But, uh, and the Muslim faith is a whole other matter. I won't get into this morning, but I believe it's demonic at heart. Uh, Again, when you look at the Bible, it talks about testing the spirits and the spirits that uh, led Muhammad to do what he did and say the things that he did were not of God um, because they did not claim um, the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, right? They claimed that. Uh, you know, something else. I don't, you know, I don't know the depths of that, but I know enough to know that that's not, not a good thing. So we wake up this morning and find out Rudy Giuliani had tested positive for COVID-19. That's going to have an effect on how well uh, they can carry out um, some of this stuff uh, as we go forward, because I'm going to tell you if, if, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get installed, installed, and I'm saying that as a word, right, installed as the president and vice president of the United States of America, there's going to be some 70 million people plus in this country that are going to think that he is a fake president. And I'm going to, I just about took out a website yesterday called Fake POTUS. Uh, And I think that's, you know, that's where we're at. And it's unfortunate. You know, I don't know why I would hope that Uh, You know, instead of fighting against this, he would want people to know, yes, this was right and true. And I won fair and square. Right. Wouldn't you want to know that if you won? But they are not you know, saying, yes, we should analyze all this data. We should look at these machines. We should make sure that people didn't dead people didn't vote twice. You know, they're actively fighting against Trump, trying to get to the truth. To make sure. You know, and Donald even said, you know, hey, if it proves out that I lost this election fair and square, I'm good. I, you know, I'll hand over and support Joe and, and away you go. But if it shows that it didn't, then I, and I should still be president, as, you know, when you look at all the statistics and all the things that point to that, um, you know, yeah. So, anyway. um there's a lot of stuff that's going on with this voter situation. And I just hope that uh, the the truth comes to light. You know, Jesus said, let's, you know, walk in the light as, as he was in the light. And, you know, there's things finally going on at the Supreme Court with the Pennsylvania election, which is just a travesty. And for those of you who put your trust and faith in the mainstream media, I would encourage you to look at things like uh the epic times e p o c h um that you would go to other news sources um o a n is a good one now that a lot of people are referring to that aren't biased they don't you know they speak they show things that um uh, uh, are you're not going to see in the mainstream news because mainstream news is not news anymore. It's uh, propaganda. It's the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. And that's pretty much it. So um, I don't know how else to comment on that, but, but just to say it for what it is. So Anyway, we're getting towards the end of our half hour here. And uh, I really hope and pray. I pray for Rudy Giuliani's recovery. I hope and pray that you will come to know the Lord Uh, jesus christ is your personal savior Um, anyone that listens to this message read the book of john um in the bible and get an understanding of who jesus is who who he said he was who the disciples witnessed to uh the fact of who he was who he is um because he is today he still is today he is alive today and well and in heaven um in control and uh you know, if you don't know Him, uh, we're going to have means as we as we continue to develop this show to help you come to know Him. Um, and I would encourage you to go to uh, ministries like look up Ray Comfort and his ministry, Living Waters. Uh, he's got a lot of resources um, to understand why you need to to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, um, and other ministries like uh, Answers in Genesis down in Kentucky. Uh, the ones who did the ARP. Um, that can can talk about the, the just porous and awful theory of evolution and why you should not put your faith and trust in that, but instead should trust the God of the Bible, starting with Genesis. And so with that, have a great day, be blessed, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.